0: Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Michael Mansfield to help you find out how to be financially tuned.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Financially Tuned Radio. I'm your host, Michael Mansfield. I'm a certified financial planner with the Lynn Group located in Ventura, California. This week, we have a great topic. We're going to be talking about some financial well-being items. We're going to be talking about the economy, give you some updates there. As always, I've got my good friend and co-host, Tony Shore, with us. Tony, thanks for joining us. How are you doing?
0: Oh, I'm doing great. Cruising down the Ventura, getting ready for this radio show. (laughs) Yeah. love doing the radio show with you each week, Michael. And uh, this week is going to be a good one talking about financial well-being and uh, how the economical landscape plays into that, especially if you're looking toward retirement, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, those are some of the tough things. It's so easy to focus on the stock market and focus on turning on the the news channel and seeing if the S&P and the Dow are up or down. But All of that is just a small piece of a much bigger puzzle that you and I are talking about every week. It's about people's retirements. It's about their retirement income plans and their cash flows and their taxes and their legacy. There's so many moving parts that you and I discuss every week. And that's probably the toughest part of our radio show is I feel like we're only always scratching the surface. And so hopefully people get a lot of value out over those basics, but certainly should lead them to uh, giving us a call. Let's all get together. Let's discuss what's really important in people's lives. Let's help you make sure that you have a proper plan. And that's why we're here.
0: Yeah, that is why we're here is to help the folks out there, our listeners, and make sure that they have financial stability and financial well-being. Now, uh, how are you doing? How's everything at the Lynn Group?
1: Hey, you know what? We, we stay very busy. Things are going very well. We uh, actually have been hiring some people, so we've got a, a new staff member, which is exciting. And it's always the, the learning curve for them to come in and get trained. But you know what? Hiring more people only means things are going pretty well for us. So yeah. we're, we're very happy having a great summer, certainly enjoying the Ventura sunny weather, but but also on a, on a sense praying for some rain. We need to try to get past this drought at some point.
0: Ah yes, pray for rain. It's a common occurrence uh, in in that area. I really, really hope that uh, you know uh, we get some moisture there. You know, I I mean that's tough. uh, Yeah, it is, especially you know with fires and everything else. I mean, um, talk about dry. Uh, Anyway, anyway, speaking of dry, uh, what about (laughs) the the economy? Uh, Is the economy (laughs) dry right now? It's not, right? I'm trying to. Segue, trying to trying to actually <laughs> a, keep was, us on track, a, Michael. But it's not a, always easy, is it? <laughs> that was a good segue.
1: The um, well, you know, it, it's it's very interesting. This is a heck of a week. We have the S and P five hundred once again making all time highs, going up over twenty one thirty four. So the last time that the S and P five hundred set a high was over a year ago, May of two thousand fifteen, and you know the. In the last year, there's been a lot of ups, there's been a lot of downs, but we've never gotten back to that high. We've seen the markets go down significantly, you know, down into the you know, high 1800s, the 1900s, certainly well below where it's at right now. And, and that's tough. That's tough for investors. It's tough for psychology. It's tough for emotions. It's, you know, a lot of it is uh, ulcer inducive in a sense, you know, when you're <laughs> upset watching your investments. Because let's be fair. It's been almost two years, it seems, that the market's really done nothing. It's gone up a lot. It's gone down a lot. It's gone sideways a lot. And, and that's tumultuous. But it's also very interesting because we can look at the rhetoric of the news, the information coming out. You and I, Tony, we talked quite a bit in the beginning of the year. Stock market opens up. Worst stock market open in 109 years. The thing just crashes down like you threw a rock in a pond. And, you know, the thing's going down and everybody's screaming, ah, it's all over. We're going into a recession. How terrible is this? And then it kind of bottomed out in the the middle of February. And all of a sudden the market shoots right back up. And everyone says, ah, we were just kidding about the recession stuff. You know, and it plays to the theme of where the confusion is. People love to turn on the news. They love to follow the stock market when the reality is, We should be following economic data. I think I beat that point in all the time as we look at economic data for the the health and vitality of the stock market. We don't want to be stuck on an emotional whim of the stock market necessarily. So what's happened? Market has the worst open ever. The market's down. It came back up. It's moved sideways. Uh, Just a couple weeks ago, we had this Brexit thing. Does anyone remember that anymore? (laughs) You know, know, what happened to that? Only in England. So the stock market implodes a thousand points instantly, kind of a thing over a couple days, shoots right back up, and now we're at the high of highs? How could we be at the high of highs? You know, everyone was saying we we're going into a recession. Everyone was saying the Brexit was gonna blow up, you know, global economics. Um, and here we are with the stock market high of highs. And so I go on to CNBC this morning and I count one, two, three, four different articles that are talking about, oh, how the stock market is now going to go to newer highs and newer highs. And I think that's amazing. Look how the rhetoric changes in the whims of the stock market. (laughs) In the beginning of the year, it was all over. With the Brexit thing, it was all over. Now they're talking high of highs. An article um, from, let's see when this was. This was, looks like July 11th. So CNBC, U.S. markets are off to a rock star start this week. And what it talks about... Great article. Very interesting. Some interesting facts. And so it talks about the high of 2015. Hey, the stock market hit a high in May of 2015. Hooray. And so um, analysts from, let's see, MKM Partners, which is a big research outfit. Yep. They said that blah, blah, blah is how I start this. And then I get to what they said. Um, The analysts point out that in 95% of prior instances of the S&P 500 going at least one year without a new 52-week high. So that's what we did. We went over a year because May to May we had no new highs, and now we're finally getting there here in July. And subsequently finding a new high after that, after that one-year lag, the index shot higher over the next 12 months with an average return of 21%. Whoa! Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's a... (laughs) Wow. You know, 95 percent of the time that happens after a one year, no new high kind of thing. What an incredible statistic, you know. So now all of a sudden everyone's saying, oh, man, woohoo, doozy doozy. Here we go. This thing's going up like a rocket. Maybe Um, some of the points that the analysts in the article went on to point out was that what they look for is they look for two weeks of confirming closes against last year's high. So, we're not quite there. We got to close this week out, we got to close next week out and then they're saying that, you know, buckle up. That's their affirmation that this thing's on. So, you know, it's funny. What happened to the Brexit? What happened to the stock market open this year? What happened to all that stuff that this was going to be a low, pathetic, depressing
0: the sky has fallen.
1: Small single-digit positive return, if possible, kind of year. You know, I, you know. Now they're screaming exponential. Now it's interesting because not all sectors have been that successful. I mean, the big ones are that we're right. following, but things like investments, consumer banking, those still have pretty poor projections. A lot of that all falls on on our friends at the Fed, right? Right. Because what's one thing that hasn't happened this year? That the Fed was supposed to do.
0: The interest rates haven't gone up.
1: They haven't raised any interest rates, absolutely. Well, that's interesting because remember, stock markets going up is nice. If you're all in the stock market, I guess it's awesome. Most people aren't all in the stock market, so it's not always the end-all, be-all solution to the problem. Most people... Have some type of balance. Most people are retired. Most people have fixed income asset classes. They have money at the bank. They have money in CDs. They have money in bonds. They have money in these types of things to be conservative and be safe. And so for a lot of people, just the idea of not raising interest rates is really where the pain's at, right? You know, we need higher interest rates in order to give the conservative retiree the ability to try to make some kind of money on their money so that they can beat inflation, so that they can have cash flow without mega risk.
0: without well, the, Right. Well, you said a key, without the mega risk of this crazy volatile market, right?
1: Well, sure. Because we meet a lot of people that have gone back into the stock market to try to find the dividends from stocks. And if the stock market goes up, that's good. But in the last two years the stock market hasn't gone up really. It's gone down a lot, it's gone up a lot. And the problem isn't it going up and down and going sideways, the problem is people's strategy with their money. See, if you've decided to retire and pull money monthly out of your stock market investments, you're what Susie Orman calls re- reverse dollar cost averaging. And so the problem you have is, is in the Januarys in the different time periods when the stock market is going down, and you pull money out, you do pretty big damage on your account because you lost value and you pull money out. So that's those are where the problems really persist with this stuff. It's not always in the guy like me that, hey, you know what? I'm 35. I've got a long way to go. I can't touch my IRA. It can be all in stock and you know what? If stock market goes up, hooray, that's going to be awesome. But one way or another, I'm saving my money. It's growing, it's deferring, doesn't matter. The rules go completely out the window, though, when you're a retiree and you need your own money for income. And that's why, you know, Tony, you and I spend so much time talking about that stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, it really impacts a lot of people. And uh, it's just amazing uh, the craziness of it all. Like You mentioned, okay, I saw this opinion on CNBC and, you know, there's a totally different opinion on the next channel. And uh, sometimes I think we should rename Wall Street Chicken Little. Just the whole thing, just call it Chicken Little, CL. <laughs> well,
1: right? and that's why that's why I enjoy referencing. Right, but that's why I like to. En- I enjoy referencing all these different articles I come across because remember, what does it all mean at the end of the day? What it means at the end of the day is nobody really knows you know nobody has the crystal ball there's tons of statistics there's tons of facts there's definitely educated guessing going into all of this stuff some things are common sense some things aren't because even to your point and maybe after the break here I'll tell you about the the next CNBC article I pulled that talks about the the beginning of the end we'll say
0: Okay. Uh, That's interesting. But yeah, we need to take a quick commercial break. You're right. Is there anything you want to add for our listeners before we do?
1: Yeah. Thanks, Tony. There's just so much here. We always scratch the surface with what people need to be doing when devising retirement plans. Talking about the investments, which we spend a lot of time on, is a very small piece of the puzzle. Laying out the cash flows that you desire, understanding your income, understanding your expenses, understanding your taxation, understanding the the benefit of how to leave a lasting legacy to your family, spouses, loved ones, kids. There's so much here that needs to be organized. And we get into all of that with all of the people that we work with. We help you budget. We help you figure out how to deal with debts, credit cards, and auto loans, and all that kind of stuff. The things that people don't make money on, we still spend the time helping you with because we see the value in it, because that's what makes you financially stable. That's what makes you financially secure. So call our office, 805-500-7035. You can set up a complimentary consultation with me, be more than happy to give you a second opinion on what you have going on, and hopefully give you some insight as, as we do with the radio show. So we'll be back after this.
2: You've worked hard over the years to accumulate wealth. You'll probably find it comforting to know that after your death, the assets you leave behind can continue to be a source of support for your family, and the causes that are important to you are recognized. To ensure your legacy reaches your heirs as you intend, you must make the proper arrangements now. Call the Lynn Group to find out how your retirement savings plans can be structured to help increase the value of your estate and create a legacy that your family could benefit from. At the Lynn Group, our team can help you potentially protect your legacy for loved ones and provide benefits for charities while avoiding excessive tax burdens. Call the Lynn Group at 805 500 7035 or visit us online at financiallytunedradio.com for all your estate planning needs. Just for calling, we will provide you a complimentary legacy maximizer report, which will illustrate how you can leverage your existing assets to potentially maximize your legacy.
0: And welcome back to Financially Tuned. I'm your co host, Tony Shore. But as always, the man, the myth, and the legend of finances. Michael Mansfield of the Lynn Group is here. Michael, you always have a ton of great information for our listeners <laughs> out there. Today is no exception. Uh, it's interesting what's going on in the world and with our finances, especially for those who are getting older, those of us who are, you know, creeping sure. toward retirement. Uh, it's a scary prospect when CDs in the bank, certificates of deposit pay. 0% or less than 1%. And it's a scary world when, you know, the market is up and down. It's not like I can for sure put all my money in the market if I'm headed toward retirement. I want to make sure I have money to pull out each month for income once I hit retirement. I can't afford to lose 20, 30, or 40% of it if it takes a dive, right?
1: Absolutely and you, you kind of hit the nail on the head on so many different fronts toady. there's so many considerations a lot of it just starts with your age. most investing is age-based investing. young people are going to do something completely different than older people and those are the big considerations that we have before the break I I brought up an article that I was reading that was talking about how you know the the stock market making a new high this week after being over a year without a new 52 week high is a statistical indicator that the market could surge quite a bit. And you know what? Knock on wood. I hope that that's the outcome. That'd be good for all. Right. Right. The, 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 the counter to it, which is equally as interesting is another article that I pulled off of CNBC. Um, So both articles from
0: the same source,
1: right? Same source. So that's what, Gets entertaining about this stuff. So this one was just dated a, a day prior
0: to the other one. And but let me this guess, one it says t- it exact, the exact opposite.
1: Yeah, but what's interesting <laughs> with with it <laughs> being the it. opposite is once again the the information that they use to for the basis of their case. See, if people just said, "Hey, ooh, I think the market's going up," well, okay. But when people have data and information, it starts eliminating emotion from the conversation and that's huge to me. I really yeah. like to try to digest data when we're trying to solve problems. And so, this article uh, titled, Markets Driven by Safe Stocks Possibly Signaling Slowdown. And uh, you know, as I was reading it, it actually makes a very interesting case. What it talked about is since the beginning of this year, the S&P 500 is being driven by sectors traditionally considered to be safe investments, such as utilities, telecom, consumer staples. Now people say, "Oh, well, okay, whatever, whatever that means. Um, well, what's interesting is those sectors inside the stock market are generally considered to be a little more defensive. For example, utilities. Normally speaking, people will pay their heating bill even when the stock market is crashing. Therefore, they hope that the returns would be semi-stable coming from that type of a company, therefore making it a little more of a defensive investment. And so that's what happens. When the when the broader market is lifted because of defensive sectors, this means that investors are kind of signaling to everybody that they're looking for safe havens inside of the stock market. And that's a different kind of concern because generally people seek safe havens like bonds, like defensive stocks, when they're anticipating or concerned about some type of, we'll say, future storm coming in. Um, certainly a, a, some type of indication of maybe a, a slowdown. So here comes the interesting fact associated with defensive stocks leading this year. As quoted in the article, one of the last times that we saw defensive stocks outperform was in
0: 2007. Ouch. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that's you know, no good. Every
1: other time period... We have the growth stocks, the cyclical things are normally the high flyers, you know, the technologies, the consumer discretionary, uh, the riskier things are normally the things that lead the stock market. But right now that's not happening. And the last time that the significance that that didn't happen was right before the 08, you know, crash. Mm. And so, you know, the article goes on and talks about all these things of, you know, shifting strategies and go from momentum stocks to Uh, you know, more defensive stocks and whatnot and what that really means, because, you know, if you were in, in momentum stocks last year, the technologies and things like that, you were probably the big winner, whereas this year you're kind of the big loser. And so things are changing out there just because the stock market's going up doesn't mean it always goes up the same way. And so once again, how do we use that data? How do we use that information to try to decide what's going on? Now, I can assume that everybody that's listening to this liked the first article better.
0: <laughs> um. Well, sure, yeah, we don't want another 2008. That was horrible, especially so, for people entering into retirement.
1: <laughs> hey, You know what, you, you, you hit it right there. That's kind of the point. The point is is, hopefully data is positive, hopefully the stock market continues to increase, hopefully that works on our growth, our red money, our at-risk money, but when it comes to our safe money, we really have to be aware of our attitudes because once again, there's a whole different set of criteria that says even though the market is, is primed to keep going up, to be fair, the way that it's going up is also not considered healthy. So we got some pretty important considerations there. But remember, uh, Tony, can you remember the two big colors of money we use?
0: The two big colors of money would be red and green, correct? Yep, yep, those are the biggies, remember.
1: As we've touched on before, we try to make all of our planning pretty straightforward, pretty simple. One of the things that we do is we separate our, the colors of our accounts um, by the type of risk that they have because the colors dictate the goals. Green money is our safer money. It is our income money. Things like cash, other things that I consider Green safe money are things like social security and pensions and CDs and bank accounts. And then you get into insurance products, you know, cash value life insurance, fixed and fixed index annuities. All of those asset classes obviously have a tendency to be a little more boring than our red money, our things that are really going up and down in the stock markets. Um, Also getting into short term bonds, I, I would categorize into our green conservative money but the takeaway is is those are the asset classes we use for income planning so when somebody comes to us and we're working through a retirement income cash flow plan remember we always start with the external sources what's coming in from the world hey you and your spouse of Social Security fantastic what do we have to do to maximize that what is the 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 opportune time to, to trigger and file for those benefits do you have pensions do you have other sources of income such as uh, rental income things like that once we see what's coming in from the world then we tackle your expenses your current and projected expenses do you have a mortgage do you owe Medicare do you you know pay rent do you have credit card and auto debts what are all the expenses that you have what is the timeline that those might be changing whether they're improving or unimproving and once we figured out what's coming in from the world we figured out what you owe we, we go right down the middle and we've got your income gap. And that income gap is then filled with all of your hard work, your savings, your 401Ks, your IRAs, the money in the bank, wherever you have your, your assets, that's what fills that gap of income in retirement. This is where we then delve into the whole red money, green money. If we find out that we needed $2,000 a month, that's what we're missing from our cash flows, that's our income gap we got to try to pick asset classes that can provide us $2,000 a month without a lot of damage on the account value. Because look, if you pull $2,000 a month out of your stocks and the stock market implodes 10%, that account is never getting back to zero. No. That's, just the, that's just the way it works. Yep, that's You'll do not irreparable good. damage. So any income that we need then dictates how much green money we need, and then we focus on all those different you know, short-term bonds and annuities and cash and pensions and whatever we need to sort out to figure out the cash flows. The other money left over is generally our red money. That's our growth money. That's our inflation hedge money. That's our tax hedge money. That's our doomsday I-want-to-get-sick-and-linger money. We need all of those asset classes geared for the set-it-and-forget-it. That way they're growing in the markets, they're doing well, and then we have to spend a lot of time talking about how to even manage that stuff. Just because we want to be in the stock market and be in risky things, how do we do that efficiently?
0: Right. Do we have... And how, and if I can interject here, how do we make sure that we don't have too much there? And that's the point you're making is that as we get older and enter into retirement, we need to have less and less at risk but yet you're saying we still need to have some at risk to help hedge against inflation. You have to have some growth, even in retirement, right? Oh, absolutely. But we don't know
1: how much we can have at risk until, number one, we figure out your retirement cash flow plan. We need to know what's coming in and what's going out and what you absolutely need to get by. Once we solve that, then we start testing for risk, your aptitude for risk, your desire for your assets. We, t- we talk about the idea of changing tax rates. We talk about the idea of, of legacy estate planning with your loved ones. We talk about the terrible stuff no one wants to talk about. My grandmother died earlier this year, and it was it was very sad to see her go, but unfortunately it was a blessing also to see her go because she was very sick, yeah. and she was very sick for a long time. Her first stroke that put her in a wheelchair – happened in 2004 oh she's been sick for 12 years oh she's been using the victoria care center she stayed at the lexington she passed away at the gables in oh we've been through all those systems with my grandmother so upsetting but unfortunately what a learning experience for what's important in my clients lives and that is the quality of life taking care of yourself and also you know to be fair not being a burden on your children. A lot of times people get hung up on wanting to leave money to their kids. Mm -hmm. The best thing you can leave your children is to not be a burden on them.
0: We're coming up on the end of the show. Is there anything else you want to add before we have to go today?
1: No, that's it. I think I'd like to thank all of our listeners for listening to the show. Learning new facts. I have a lot of clients that come in regularly and always bring in tidbits from the show. So I really enjoy that. Love all of our listeners. But certainly give us a call. If you have questions, if you have concerns, if you want a second opinion, even if you're working with somebody else, I'd be more than happy to give you a complimentary consultation, give you my two cents, my guidance. Because like Tony said, sleeping well at night is huge. It doesn't mean that getting there is an easy process, though. It can be painful. Sure. But we'd be more than happy to evaluate your situation and help how we can. Call our office, 805-500-7035. You can visit our website, thelindgroup.com, and we'll look forward to hearing from you. Otherwise, we will uh, be talking to everybody again on the waves next week.
0: Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit their website at financiallytunedradio.com.